Welcome to Talking Absolute Worship. This is the end of lectionary year C, and lectionary years always end with the reign of Christ, or as some used to call it, Christ the King. Um, this week we're having a look at Jeremiah and Psalm and Colossians and Luke, and I'm going to ask Robert to go first and give us a steer about how he might use these passages to uh, form his, his, his preaching this coming week. Robert. Uh, well, um, I was thinking about this earlier and I realised that whenever we come to a new week, I try to think of some new way in which I can interpret the passages. But then when we get to the reign of Christ or Christ the King, I thought, well, I know what I want to say about this. And then I thought, oh, dear, I mustn't mustn't do that. And then I thought, no, uh, <laughs> I actually think that looking at Christ as king or the reign of Christ and contrasting that with worldly kings is something that we need to keep reminding ourselves of. So that's what I want to do and to look at the, the that contrast between Jesus and we look at his crucifixion um, and how his reign uh, as you as you could call it ends compared to the way we think of worldly kings so I it's things like you know a jewel a bejeweled crown compared to a cross of thorns I was thinking of the sort of processions we see royal processions with coaches and soldiers and horses and then remembering that ragged mob who wandered into Jerusalem and crowds on the mall or wherever else they might be in the world cheering and queuing up for hours to see compared to this group of people who are jeering at him or whatever um, and so I think there's a whole lot in that that I would want to talk about and 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 think about uh the contrast really and the, who is it that we're following is it that we, when we use that term the reign of christ or we use that term christ the king instantly images of what a king are spring into our mind and that whole um the oppositeness the contrast the inversion um there's a book by somebody called ruth rendell called fatal inversion and I almost think of, of it like that. It's a fatal inversion because it cost him his life. So it's the upending of everything. Uh, and and I, I, I know I'm not going on about the passages at the moment, but it just feels to me that because everything else in our lives is telling us that power and wealth and money is what matters, then this reign of Christ is so inverted um, that it's important for us to remember it. And at the end of the church year, it seems to me a, a good a good time to do that. So that's mm -hmm. where I'm starting from. <clears throat> that's where you're going. So are, are you going to be like really specific and say King Charles versus Jesus? Is that... <laughs> Uh, well, not particularly King Charles, but I, I suppose... Because that's what your congregation will be thinking. If you yeah, talk yeah, about the yeah. mal and processions, yeah, yeah. they'll be thinking King Charles now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could also widen it out into other people of huge influence and wealth in society, like, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, the richest people in the world, or, hmm. or, or all of these people who we are told have power and influence 
and they are the things that matter and they are what we should aspire to. And yet everything else, everything we learn is that that is not the way to go. And when I look at some of the passages, um, you can see that um, the Bible is saying that this isn't the wrong way, the, the way to go. I mean, I think of the psalm, be still and know that I am God. You know, I am. Uh, it's not about wealth or power. It's just about God is and God doesn't need to explain God is and God is the most important thing. Um, so, so that, yeah, that's the sort of way. Cool. Yeah. Henriette. Yes. And, and you know what you say, uh, Phil, that this year people will think of the Prince Charles. But I, I, you know, I love the idea, Robert, because I thought the same thing. It has to be done this year, especially with all the changeover from a queen to a king now. And, and as you say, you know, we, we are almost incapable of not seeing the images of, that have been shown to us this year when we talk about Christ the King. So it is so, so, so important to, mm -hmm. um, to make the distinction and to, and to compare the two, especially... Like, you know, when you read that someone says, oh, don't revoke my license. I have a coronation to plan. Whereas <laughs> the other is saying, like, please go and get me a donkey, you know, to yeah, yeah. into Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, those kind of uh, what you say about the, the crown and the and the scepter and no, how do you call them things that they hold? The yeah, scepter was one scepter. of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it is it's an amazing way to be able to play around with this year, this year with all the images so fresh in people's minds. Right. Well, I was I was interested and, and uh, because you don't see that many coronations in your life, do you normally? <laughs> um, uh, uh, I was interested to um, hear the stuff about what um, King Charles was saying he would promise and he would you know were, were central to uh his uh kingship and and there was some discussion about oh what what's the relationship with the church and he said i i will protect the faith um and and that, that's the traditional phrase isn't it so it's not something he's making up um but it did pause me to think what what's he going to protect us from what does that what does it mean and would and do we look to king charles to protect us when psalm 46 says god is our refuge and our strength um and uh god is the one who brings us back to the fold and all those things that robert is alluding to uh, in whom do we put our trust yeah. Yeah. Uh, i think you're possibly wise to widen it though from king charles because I don't think King Charles is really the equivalent of what the Bible is talking about. Um, I think that your Old Testament kings were much more of your dictator version of, of ultimate and extreme um, power, whereas your, your modern king in the UK is, is much more of a figurehead uh, than than actual power. Although, you know, wealth, yes, um, but actual power. Uh, some of the figures behind the scenes that we may not see even or even know the names of the ones who wield the actual um, life-changing power in our economy um, and in people's lives. Yeah, you were going to add something, Robert. Uh, oh well, uh, just to say, that I, I thought we were we were trying not to zone in on on this year, uh, but I, <laughs> but but I was thinking more more of what one thinks of when one thinks of mm. a, and a child 
thinks of a king as somebody having all power. I also thought, and I am zoning back in, that on that, the, the days when all of these crowds are, are there, you imagine you know the work of Jesus is going on in some sort of forgotten little corner of London uh, but that's that's the real king kingly work it's it is this I'm always fascinated by this sort of inversion and everything that um, society seems to do with our faith and I and I know we're not talking about Christmas but I sort of think that's the ultimate example of, of inverting upending what 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 the meaning is so that it fits in with what the world wants you know so christmas this uh, gift of god to us in a baby is turned into this feast of excess it's sort of the you know i mean the oppositeness of it just staggers me so and that's why i think it's important that we do uh focus on this the, the king thing uh because it's it's another example of that. What what, what else was I wanted to say? And and then I thought in the gospel, this thing about the um, the other the, the other two who are on the cross and and the one saying we're getting what we deserve for our deeds. And I did get into a hole. You call it a rabbit hole, don't you? Uh, of of well, it, it, who who is it who says that they're getting what they deserve? Uh, what what had they actually done wrong? And and you know, I got into a whole thing about that, wondering, you know, they might have been people who'd stolen a loaf of bread because they were starving, and yeah, they are getting what they deserve by by the law of the time. But everything we're talking about at the moment in this way of looking at it is that the law of the time is wrong. The 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 the, the it's about the ruling class, those with power, deciding what justice is. And Jesus again, he's coming along and saying, "No, no, no, that's all wrong. It's, it's you've got it the wrong way up. You've got it back to front." Yeah, and there's a moment of, I mean, whatever's happening in that particular thing, there's a there's a moment of grace there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Where grace is a, is about not getting what we deserve, which is which yeah, is a yeah, good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we were to appeal to, please give us what we deserve, then perhaps we might be disappointed <laughs> in our lives. Um, but uh, the idea of grace is is about something undeserved, isn't it? I, I want, I'm kind of thinking, uh, even though this comes round, um, it's interesting to have a reading about the crucifixion at this time of the year, because congregations expected at Easter, but then you put it away, don't you, until next Easter, the crucifixion. You don't have to worry about the crucifixion for a long time. And it, it might be quite jarring to congregations. It might be an opportunity to, 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 to go with that, as, as Robert says, a little bit. Um, the bit that stuck out for me was that if you're the king of the Jews, then save yourself. Mm. Um, the expectation of the king would be that the king would save himself. Uh, and sacrifice everybody else in order to keep his kingship. Uh, but you, can, you might think about Putin. <laughs> um, he's not going to die on the front line. You can uh, you can be sure of that. He's not going to die blown up in a tank or in a trench. Um, uh, he's going to send tens of thousands of conscripts who will be blown up in trenches and and killed in tanks and shot. Um, but it's not going to be him. Uh, he, he'll save himself. Um, and sacrifice everybody else and with Jesus if you're bringing that out that contrast Robert um, actually Jesus puts himself at the front <laughs> he takes the force of the blow if you like he he he, he absolutely doesn't save himself deliberately 
um, and in doing so saves everyone else um however you might interpret that and different ways of well, interpreting that but yeah he, he does the opposite as you were saying of what a king yeah. was thought to have done yeah, yeah and i thought there's a bit in jeremiah uh, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor pasture pastor <laughs> pasture um the shepherds are those with responsibility so that's another way of looking at it in that uh, uh kingship is not about uh power as much as about responsibility and about caring and protecting those in your realm or your and that again is the sort of opposite because as you say putin and generally people with power uh, end up making sure that they're protected first there's something about um uh being anti-establishment i suppose or do this you're getting a bit political but um that the the establishment protects itself first that's just the way things work mm. uh, and and yet then so the establishment of the shepherds but they've destroyed and scattered the sheep that, that's that it seems there's something in that about it being the wrong way up you're not supposed to scatter the sheep you're supposed to look after them yeah Henriette. Yeah, I find that bit about the shepherds interesting as well. And I think uh, for me personally, uh, I think it is good if we also relate that to ourselves as shepherds. You know, I'm not saying that we are. Well, in a way, we are shepherds. In a way, we are looking after and looking out for the people of God. And, you know, we too, many ministers too, have a tendency to look after their own interest first you know with with our jobs and our houses and our stipends and you know the churches are struggling and you know and it's a, a super complex issue and <laughs> this is probably not the platform to um, go too deep into that but, but I do think that we as as shepherds of the people of God also have to hold up the mirror to ourselves and not just to the um other people in power we also have power pensions henriette yes pensions you are saying pensions yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's Robert. easy right because we so often think like oh we are also with the downtrodden whereas actually maybe we're not no. maybe we are super privileged people and maybe <clears throat> the maybe can be left away <laughs> well that, that that, yeah, well, that's sort of uh, that's bringing it down, isn't it? So we we look out at the establishment and say it's all their fault, and then God turns the turns it back on us. And whoever we are, whatever our situation, there are people not necessarily we're responsible for, but people we have an effect on, just in our daily lives when we're out, you know. And the way we treat them, uh, we're either you know, um, hurting them or or not. You know, there's no sort of, we're either scattering the sheep or we're not. And by the way, we behave. So I think there's somewhere you could you could go with that. Yeah. You might also ask the question, um, uh, if you are, not if you are the king of the Jews, um, if you are if you are the church, save yourself. What, what does it mean if the church puts saving itself um, above um, saving the community in which it is set? or the world in which it is set. And I, I suspect some congregations might be able to see that um, if, it's, if it's brought out sensitively about how the church's energy is directed at saving itself. 
Mm. If you really are the Church of Jesus Christ, then maybe you shouldn't be pouring all your energy into saving yourself. <laughs> there you go. There's a bigger question. Robert, you see, you've opened up a can of worms. Well, um, yeah, and that, <laughs> well, that that takes that takes you back to um, the song. You know, where what where where is your uh, refuge? Is it in your uh, institutions, or is it in the God of Jacob? Is is that where you know where your faith really is? Uh, and in a yeah. sense, that, that not just for the church, but for all of us, where is 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 our refuge in our status in society in our uh, nice house and car, all that sort of thing, or is our refuge in God? Um, I mean, in the church, you could argue that if if our refuge was in God and not in our traditions and our buildings and so forth, perhaps we might not be in such decline because we would be going out and doing sort of more brave and exciting things. I don't know, but it just feels where where are you putting your faith? It brings us back to that. That's, that's always a good question to ask. Um, Henriette, what direction were you going to go in? Are you, are you on the same track as Robert, or are you going somewhere else? I was, yeah, I was very much unashamedly on the on the <laughs> same track. Well, I just love at the end of the year, the Sunday before we go into this whole problematic Christmas period of Advent. <laughs> um, you misery, which is, which is well, which is very often. Oh, very Christmas! Oh. <laughs> so I, I just love. Uh, you are using this this Sunday as the this uh, to talk about the reign of Christ and Christ the King in in the way that we have talked about, and I think we are stuck with those kind of metaphors. So let's just talk about it in a, in a good way, as we as we just have discussed, you know. But um, I also looked um, just kind of at all the readings and and distracted the general sense from it that actually you know what God sees and God knows what's going on for us and I think that is probably um well at the moment it may be a good thing for people to know that and you know who knows where we are going to be in November um one can only guess or fear and, you know, and so from all the readings, I thought, you know what, God really cares what about the things that life throws at us. And whether it is our leaders politically or um, religiously or a king, an, an earthly king who destroys the people like, you know, we read in Jeremiah about the shepherds. Or whether it is the earth quaking and roaring or the wars that we are fighting, that is mentioned in the psalm. Or whether it is us being mocked and treated unjust like they did with Jesus, you know, with the, with the innocents. Or because we deserve it like they did to the person who was crucified next to him. God is actually there and deeply, deeply cares about it all. You know, and so, and you know, just to put it in total human terms, because what else am I going to do as a human? God is absolutely emotionally involved with our pain, I believe. And, um, but at the same time, God's also outside of it, because God is the one who is actually gonna, going to act in all this pain and going to uh, rise up. 
a branch of um, Judah and is going to, what does it say in the, in the psalm? And is the one who is God, be still and know that I am the one who is God. And so, and then I looked a little bit, and, and of course that is done in Jesus who dies for us on the cross. And, you know, and as we already discussed, I'm not going to go in that once again, but on the cross, which is so completely um, opposite to what we see in the world. And, it, and it's in that cross and in the way that Jesus is, king or reigns or whatever we call it that everything hangs together and that every everything actually keeps hanging together not just our life and humanity but actually everything in creation so you know i i would like to pull creation in with it as well and um So, yeah, so I think I would like to go a little bit into the way as well, like, you know, God cares still in the midst of all this crap that is happening at the moment. And it has happened throughout the ages. God is still there, you know, and it, you need to be careful, of course, that it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, the answer is Jesus. But, you know, essentially the answer is Jesus and the cross of Jesus and the way how opposite that is of the way that we are doing stuff and that we are living life but i want to i want to make a comment on the text since i'm the racial just as an advocate i really want to point out that text uh, that verse 13 in colossians where it says well in the niv version it says for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. I just really, really, really need to point out that that is a problematic text for people of color. Because the dominion of darkness is set opposite God's love and the son he loves. So personally, I would really do something with that word. You know, the, the, the word in Hebrew can also mean obscurity and of course a place of obscurity is um is a place where we're not where we're, it's difficult to see difficult to um uh a place of uncertainty and i would really like to to put those two opposite each other in a place where we are not seen and where we maybe not even exist to a place where we are loved because of the Son of God, or even use the words the dominion of gloom or the dominion of slavery. But I really, really would ask people to do something with that word so that you don't use the word darkness. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And we are about to enter into a period of time where... The church relentlessly uses we'll the imagery of light and dark, um, yeah, yeah. which is understandable um, because through countless centuries, people have seen dawn as, as as a sign of hope. So it's it's a natural thing, but it's also, as Henriette rightly points out, something we we can do something about if we think carefully about the language we use. Um, so absolutely, I'm pretty sure Henriette, you said something like. Um, on the cross, 
it all hangs together, which is maybe maybe deliberate. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> but, but there you but, are. That's quite a, that's quite a thing about uh, about the cross and Jesus hanging on the cross and it all hanging together. Um, and and my my sorry, can I? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, carry on. And um, my bit about the the text about darkness was just an interception, but um, yeah, because in the cross it it all it all hangs together, and and um, there is actually an American evangelist who who talks about this, and um, he's very very American, um, but he talks about a molecule binding protein called laminin. And so, you know, later on when we talk about what we what else we would use in the surface, I, I you know, I have a little clip of that um of, of this talk to show. But so I, I do think that laminin and, and the word laminin is actually a quite a nice alternative to use uh on this Sunday rather than um if you really don't want to use the word king or rain or whatever, um it would be quite easy to say, well, you know. This is the son of Jesus, our laminin. <laughs> and uh, it is a complete different thing. But it, it just shows that um, how a protein. Okay, I need to think now because I am not a, a microbiologist, obviously. But so there is a laminin in our body. There is a pro. Sorry, you have to cut this out, Phil, so that I sound a little bit more intelligent than what I'm talking about. Sorry. Um, so there is a molecule, molecule binding protein in our cells, in our DNA, I think it is. And no, well, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to. Just go confidently, Henriette. People, people have not got the facility to argue. So. Okay, can I try again then? Go for it. Can I try again? So, <laughs> so I will. I will show the the clip later. But there yeah. seems to be a uh, molecule binding protein in our body that holds all our cells and our different molecules together. And without this particular molecule, uh, sorry, without this particular protein, um. All our molecules would actually fall apart and not know what to do. And so later on, I'll show you how the molecule molecule looks. No, not how the molecule. You might <laughs> the say. Protein. You might say I we'd be useless. I will let him tell the story. So we'd be scattered. Know. You're saying we'd be scattered like the scattered the, the like sheep. my brain. Maybe that protein. <laughs> Without the no laminin protein, we'd all be scattered. But with uh, Christ our shepherd or laminum niminum laminin <laughs> we are gathered together and held together yes I get it right okay what you need is some of those little sticks with balls on the end that uh, biologists have to show well that's what he's going to show in a minute oh cool get some ping pong balls and some um, um, yeah. barbecue sticks and you can do it in church yeah maybe that's what you were going to say Robert you you were, you looked like you were about to enlighten us uh, no, I'm not. I, I want to ask uh, Henriette about that word darkness again, <laughs> because you gave us some other um, other translations of the word, uh, um, which seem to me to speak to um, insecurity and gloom. Is that right? Yeah. So the word gloom. The first that's, 
No, it wasn't gloom. There was another word you used first. Obscurity. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. No, obscurity. Obscurity, yeah, well, that was it, yeah. Well, it, it's just as I was listening to um, what you've both been saying, uh, which was bringing it more away from the king thing and down to us, or down to individuals, that um, it, it feels to me uh, that what I want to give people is some uh, comfort because it, we, I think the way our culture works, uh, this hierarchy of needs thing, it's about making us feel insecure, that we need this stuff in order to be secure. And the truth is you can have as much of this stuff and whatever, and you, and you never are. Um, and I liked that use of the word although the different translations, because they seem to speak to the fact that... Um, You'll have to keep talking, that's the door. God takes us out of the, the, the forces that make us feel insecure or doubtful or uh, gloomy and gives us comfort that he is, it's God that matters, not all this other stuff, which yeah. is not what you were saying, Henriette, but I just wanted to restate that that it's not all about kings and um, telling them they're awful, that, that it's something for us as well. And, and I, you know, and I get, and I, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And, and that is the message that we're getting day by day at the moment, isn't it? Like, well, we need to take these measures. And again, you know, it's getting a little bit politic, but, you know, we... Our entire lives are politics at the moment because yeah, of yeah. what is going on. So yeah. we cannot be talking in with any relevance if we don't connect it to the politics going on. And when we get the message that, no, we need to give the rich more money even and take it from the poor because that is going to make our whole country richer and grow the economy, that is exactly that message that you just talk about, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. as if we need all this stuff. How about we look at different ways of healing our country, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it all, it's also that these people who are telling us we've got to go through whatever the bad thing is, it's not It's not going to hurt them. No. Uh, and, and so we're telling you you've got to put up with all this negative stuff. Uh, from a place of comfort and and yet the gospel is god doesn't seek a place of comfort god comes in jesus and suffers mm -hmm. along with us he's not you know doesn't sit on his cloud and say this is how you need to sort things out i'll just sit here fine he, he comes down and gets in the mess with us and suffers along with us and suffers terribly along with us worse than any of the rest of us do uh, and i yeah you feel that these people who are telling us what we've got to go through it's it's a bit like the generals in the first world war sitting back in their nice safe bunkers telling all the soldiers to go out and you know fight for their king and country sort of thing it's the, it's the same sense i think and that's why people get frustrated and feel and, and that's part of what i was thinking about that word darkness and how you restated it, it makes you feel hopeless and insecure and who do I trust? And they're saying this is all the right thing to do. Is it? 
you know, because all these other people are saying it's the wrong thing to do. But God's God's there, as you said. God is. God's there for us, and God is alongside us. And my image always is of, and I don't know where this comes from, dad or mum or something, of, of God sort of there alongside you with his arm around your shoulders, and, and he'll stay there. And, and you know, and, and what I find, what I it just keeps coming to me and again you know this is this is about politics but the uh, uh, charity organizations who were involved in build back better they made actually a um, a budget of how much it would cost to lift uh, beds from the very poor that were built up during the pandemic and it would cost five billion pounds to just lift those debts and give people a good chance to restart again and that was never picked up by any any person in the government and when you hear the the numbers that are thrown around at the moment you think five billion pounds would have sorted the problem way back because these people would have started spending a little bit more maybe maybe or maybe not but, you know, now they are talking on about billions of pounds that, you know, I can't even, to me, it's just a number that doesn't mean anything other than total destruction. <laughs> but, you know, so five billion pounds would have been just a little, it would have been peanuts compared to the number of, the, the, the amounts of money that, that are thrown around now. And so, and you know, that just is, I, I, I say that because I feel that that is linked to what you're saying, you know. Christ does it in a different way. You know, the, the ways of this world are not the way that Christ is going to do it. No. And, and I know that that really does not help at all for people who can't feed their children, who are freezing. And I think that is where the problem comes in. And so, therefore, what does it mean for us who call ourselves Christians? And what does it mean for us who say we are churches of Christ or, or you know, the Christian church? We are not called to be Jesus to these people, but we are called to show a radically different way, which is a better way of life, you know? Yeah. And if that needs to happen by dying ourselves, to release funds or whatever, then let's just do it. Yeah, well, it seems to me that what the, the, the reason for the comfort is that we need to be reminded of what really matters so that we don't spend our time filled with anxiety and worried about how we're going to get through, but we're able to focus more on helping other people. Yeah, but what really matters is that the time's dragging on. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think we've given that an airing, um, and I think there's plenty um, for preachers to think about in how to address those texts and kingship and, and power and, and, and what a, how a king behaves and how those who call themselves the king's followers um, conduct their lives and live their lives and demonstrate their lives and model um, the uh, life of the, of, of the king, um, particularly in that challenging Luke passage, if that's what the life of the king is. 
and that's the life we're to model, then that's a very challenging question to put to our congregations. I, I think I'd be going down a track if, if I was preaching, uh, which I think I possibly am. Well, almost certainly am. <laughs> um, of, of probably taking all of these readings um, as, as a whole. And I, I kind of thought of the slightly um, odd idea of, because um, I wanted to read all the readings, but not all congregations are comfortable with four readings. <laughs> so I thought, but there's something in all of these. Um, and uh, I just wondered whether there'd be a way of, of having four voices and taking phrases from the readings. Um, I suppose it's tiptoeing on to other stuff rather than preaching, but um, uh, to, 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 to give a composite reading uh, that was just voices from these different four readings. I might have a look at that and see if that's possible. So picking out, because there's some fantastic key phrases, you know, that people recognize God is our refuge and strength is the image of the invisible God. Be still and know that I am God. Um, are you the Messiah? Save yourself. You know, and, and I'm just wondering if we could just have four voices just bringing uh, sentences from all the sort of one composite reading so they don't think they've had four, but they have. Yeah. Um, and then that sort of would lead me into a sermon that was really asking the question, who is who is Jesus? Um, I think uh, uh, the reign of Christ is, is very much a Sunday where we think about that and we have been doing what we if, if 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 you know who is this jesus you're talking about um and there's several answers are presented in here um but they're gonna pretty much tie up with um uh, my stuff about um more creative stuff um so I'll, I'll hold that off for part two as to what the answers are to who is jesus um uh, and i'll ask robert um what other stuff apart from preaching do you plan to give your congregation this week? Well, I, I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier about the way um, we all come up with different things. And I realised that I'm a, a great one for asking people to think about something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was um, sort of along the lines you were, you were just talking about. I would probably say to everybody... What do you think of when you think about a king? And I'd ask them to talk about it. And then I might have some words to uh, illustrate what sort of king Jesus was and either display them or ask people to think about those as well. And just to get them to think of that, that tension, is it, that between the two images to introduce that Um yeah, that 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 was the sort of introductory way I, I thought of doing it. What else was I thinking about? Oh, just images of power, I suppose. But I don't, no, I don't think that really is that. I would sort of tee it up with thinking about what we think about when we think about a king, and then get perhaps getting people to talk about that, and then share their responses, and then, uh, as I say, look at some of the images of Jesus. No cross, servant, death, etc., and and contrast those those with those ideas. Yeah, you you, you could ask the um, traditional question: um, What would you do if you were king for the day? Um, I I I looked up some answers to that question when I was preaching on the. I was invited to preach for the on the Queen's um, diamond jubilee service in the civic service. And I, so I collected some of the answers that children are given to that question. And they sort of range from um, I would establish world peace. Um, 
a good answer, 10 out of 10, to <laughs> I would I would ban peas. <laughs> so you, can, you can have some fun with the congregation reading out some children's answers to uh, what would you do if you were king? I, I ban my sister from my room. And, and just the the levels at where people's lives are. What are the significant issues? <laughs> well, peas is the most important thing in my life at the moment, and I would ban them. Um, and it, it helps us, I think, see a little bit about the perspectives of our lives. How narrow are they? <laughs> how, how wide are they? Um, so I think, yeah, some mileage in that. Yeah. And yeah, uh, you hinted at um, some video of top uh, microbiology <laughs> analogies. Um, not yeah, so this is an American <laughs> evangelist. He is, his name is Louis, Louis, Louis Giglio. And he is, I have to admit, he is very, very American. So you kind of have to listen past that a little bit. And I will only uh, play it from a certain point just to keep it short. But it really, the whole, <coughs> excuse me, the whole video is 11 minutes or so. And um, it's totally worth um, just hearing the whole story because it's funny and it is it's really enlightening. And um, he explains it much clearer about uh, um proteins and all those kind of things um, than I can. So I don't know if I still remember how to share my screen, but. I'm one. <clears throat> Difficult the road or how dark the night, I will hold on to you and I will literally hold you together. All right, just a minute. Let me just find the place where I need to be somewhere around <clears throat> here okay okay this is what i found right here no come on that's crazy <laughs> that's just crazy I'm, i just can't believe it i emailed the guy back so fast i'm like wow 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 what in the world he said, you want to see an actual laminin molecule? I'm like, oh no, man, the diagram was cool for me. I'm happy with that. Don't, don't bother sending anything else. I'm like, yes! And he sends me this image, an electron microscopic image of an actual... Oh, sorry. That's all right, it's an advert. <laughs> laminin protein molecule. It looks just like this. how crazy is that that the stuff that holds our bodies together that's holding the lining of your organs together holding your skin on is in the perfect shape of the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and immediately I'm thinking about the words of Paul in Colossians 1 you know this beautiful passage where Paul's talking about the supremacy of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ. He says, for by him, talking about Jesus Christ, all things have been created, things in heaven and things on earth. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. But then the next verse goes on to say this, it's crazy. And he, Jesus, is before all things and in him, that is in Jesus Christ, all things hold together. 
But anyway, you get the um, you get the idea. There we are. We get the idea. Yeah. So yeah, laminin is a, a, a cross-shaped protein. Protein that holds our body molecules together. I, I, if, I, if I use this, I'd have to get apart. it right. I'd have to get it right because I've got a congregation in Sawston on the edge of Cambridge where a, quite a number of them work at AstraZeneca. What? <laughs> a top um, biological and uh, uh, microbiological research centres. So, um, yeah, I might have to get that right. But, yeah, that's a very powerful illustration. Um, so anybody wanting to look it up can look up. What was his name? Um, his name was uh, Louis Giglio. I just, wanted to hear you say, I just wanted to hear you say that again. <laughs> Louis Giglio. Uh, Louis Giglio. Louis Giglio and so, laminin. Look up yeah, laminin Louis Giglio. Called, yeah, the pattern, the protein is called laminin. Laminin. There you are. And you can put a picture of a laminin protein up in the shape of a cross. Yeah. Marvellous. Um, so I'm going to share my screen too because I was... Um, Thinking, you know, apologies to anyone on the podcast because this is going to be just some string of pictures, but I'll try and describe, describe the pictures as we go. Because um, I wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> um, who is Jesus. And I thought just to accompany um, some words about who is Jesus, I would um, show some, some pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> I, if you try and find a picture of um, he is the image of the invisible God, <laughs> obviously there isn't one so it's a picture of a man taking his face off and god is shining out from behind on a throne which uh, was an intriguing picture and i'm not sure whether i like it or not um but the, obviously the idea is clear of what of what this picture is, is supposed to be is that in jesus is is the invisible god here's the the, the, the invisible the, the image of the invisible god in other words everything we need to know about god um you can see in the life of Jesus. You, you, that, that, that's what that's about, isn't it? Um, all, all we need to know about God is there. It's there in, in, in the life of Jesus Christ. There's, there's no hidden, mysterious stuff going on. It's all there. The, the, the whole fullness of God dwelt in him. So that's the first thing about who, who Jesus is. Um, I forgot what the next slide is, so we'll have to, it'll surprise me. Um, oh, yeah, right, shepherd. <laughs> um, uh, there's a load of pictures of shepherds you could use i quite like this one um because this is a picture of a palestinian shepherd holding a white cloth uh, fleeing her house after an israeli ground offensive in rafa in southern gaza strip um and it's really what psalm 46 is about um this is the shepherd who in the midst of the city um gathers and uh, is a refuge and a strength for her flock um, and I, I just I just really like that image of that being who Jesus is it's not the one that is is throwing the bombs and scattering the flock it's the one who is gathering them in the midst of the city uh, it says in Psalm 46 God is in the midst of the city um, and there they are those sheep oh, you don't often see when you look up sheep you see them in them um, see them in fields don't you um, I just think it's really nice to see them in the midst of the city being gathered by God. God doesn't escape the city or the warfare or the bombing. God is right in the midst of it, um, our shepherd gathering and protecting. So uh, that's the second thing that Jesus is. Um, the third thing, um, 
there's a lot in Jeremiah and Psalm about storms and waves and raging. And um, this is um, quite a famous, well, probably probably Japan's most um, famous image. Um, it's called the Great Wave or the Great Wave of Kanagawa. Um, it's by Hokusai Katsushika. Um, and it's one of a set of views of Mount Fuji. The mountain in the background is Mount Fuji. Um, it said that the wave um, and Mount Fuji are two contrasting symbols in this image. The wave uh, is everything that's unpredictable about the world and about life. And Mount Fuji is stillness and eternity. So Mount Fuji in Japan is, is a sacred object of worship, um, which holds a significant part in their beliefs. So. Um, I think that's, I mean, I've got a big picture of this at home. We've, we've featured it on Talking Absolute Worship before because there's also boats in there. So it brings to our Christian minds um, the image of Jesus being in the boat and stilling the storm. And in Psalm 46, this be still and know that I am God. Um, we often, we take it right out of its context in Psalms and we think it's a, a nice little quiet verse about sitting quietly meditating in a field with some daisies. Um, or, or in a room on our own with a candle and some peaceful music. I don't think it's that at all. I think this be still and know that I am God is God um, speaking to the storms of life, the wars. Um, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spears. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. Is God commanding the chaos to stop? It's, it's, it's not a, a quiet little meditation here. And it's Jesus standing up in the boat in the middle of the storm and saying, peace, be still. That's mm. what it is. Peace, be still. It's telling the chaos to stop. It's calming the storm. So that's the third thing that Jesus is. Jesus is the, um, the one who calms the storm, the one who uh, gathers us and uh, is our refuge. And then uh, an image of the cross, the third thing that Jesus is, is the king who would not save himself. And I said that something about that at the beginning, about the king who would not save himself when the expectation is the king would, would sacrifice everyone in order to save himself. Jesus is the king who would not save himself. So I think probably that's where I go, um, you know, with a unified theme really about who is Jesus and I'd probably highlight those four things um who is Jesus and just um prattle on a bit about each one of those for a bit and that would fill most of the time I think but I, sometimes I think having some pictures and you might want to choose different pictures um uh, to to illustrate that I, I challenge you to find a decent picture of here's the image of the unseen God <laughs> <laughs> just a picture of Jesus, which uh, is again a challenge to think which one you'd use. Yeah, Robert. Oh, it's just um, I did. I went down a rabbit hole. I did a, um, a course some years ago where you were given uh, um, different images that artists throughout the world had done of Jesus, um, and I was trying to find that, but I think I might have disposed of it when I retired. But getting different ideas of what people think of Jesus is an interesting way. The trouble is when you search it on the internet, it tends to be um, 
white male Jesuses with blonde hair. So it might be a bit difficult to actually do. But that, I think those images you've got are good. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, Henriette. I think um, what you're what you may be thinking of, Robert, is uh, called a resource from the Methodist Church uh, called the Christ We Share. Uh -huh. And they had all those images from different uh, artists. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's loads of them about. And um, there's, there's several resources that take the same kind of idea, I think. Um, if you want to get, if you want to just invite Neil Thorogood uh, to come and talk, he, well, I mean, he's in the Southwest. He's got yeah. like literally hundreds of postcard images of Jesus from all cultures from around the world. He's been collecting them for years um, and he's got hundreds of them. And we'll happily come and lay them all over your go pack tables uh, <laughs> to pick to, to, to pick them and talk about um, who they think Jesus is. Um, pictures can be a way into that, um, and also a way of challenging people. That's why I picked a, a, a female Palestinian shepherd. Um, mm. there you go. Uh, yeah, Robert. I've just I've just looked up on uh, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury's got a page on Facebook called The Christ We Share, and that's that's those those are some of the images I recognise. Spot on, Henriette. Spot on. So, well, so it was Neil Thorogood who introduced me to those materials. So, <laughs> so you're you're googling whilst we're chatting here. Right? Is that what's happening, Robert? <laughs> googling <Yeah>. away. <laughs> I was just checking the Grand Prix news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah we've uh, we've um, talked about some sermon ideas uh, two or three different approaches to how we might take those readings we've got some visuals we've got we've got uh, some some fabulous microbiology uh, is there anything else anyone needs to uh, add before i ask henriette to pray with us just just um, the the obvious hymn is bind us together lord Oh, oh yes! Oh, oh, oh nice! <laughs> it must be 103 years since I sang that. <laughs> that. That might be the time to wheel that one out again. Yes, yeah. Everybody used to think that good. was like the most modern song of of, of all time. <laughs> yes. Oh, let's sing something for the for the children. <laughs> oh, Henriette's written that down. Bind us together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. So that I don't have to listen to us all again to actually only come to this. <laughs> Heaven <laughs> to forbid. This <laughs> right. Well, thank you. We've been talking absolute worship. Um, we know that it's a task every week for you to prepare worship. It's something that we do every week too. Uh, so I'm going to ask Henriette to lead us in prayer as we set about that task. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you that we know you are a different king and a different ruler than all the images we see around us in this world. We describe you in human language and we try to understand you with our human mind. But Lord, we know that you are so much more. And we thank you that you are the laminin of our lives, that you bind us together with your Holy Spirit. And we pray that it will be that same Spirit who will inspire and lead us and everyone who prepares worship for your people, that they may find words 
images and ideas that help for us to get to know you more and for our lives to reflect you more so that the entire world may know your love in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you.